Hi there, I'm Jason. And I'm Joseph. And this is the Infinity Cast, where we spill the tea on Marvel and pop culture. This week we're discussing Moon Knight, Episode 1, The Goldfish Problem. So let's get into it with the recap. Museum worker Stephen Grant occasionally suffers from blackouts and memories of another life. After going to sleep one night, he wakes up in another country and witnesses a cult meeting led by Arthur Harrow, who demands a scarab that Grant unknowingly has in his possession. He escapes and is nearly killed, but is unknowingly saved by a mysterious voice in his head. After waking up in his home and noticing several oddities, Stephen realizes that two days have passed since he went to sleep. Upon returning home from a misscheduled date, Stephen finds a hidden phone and keycard in his apartment. He gets a call from a mysterious woman named Layla, who calls him Mark. The next day at work, Stephen is confronted by Arthur Harrow, who reveals that he is the servant of the goddess Amit. Later that night, Harrow summons a jackal monster who attacks Stephen in the museum. Just as Stephen is cornered in the restroom, the man in the mirror tells Stephen to let him take control. Stephen agrees, and he transforms into a cloaked warrior who kills the jackal monster. Welcome to Moon Knight, the show that has already shown its budget in the songs it chooses to throw at us. Like, this, this, <laughs> starting with, um... Starting with a Bob Dylan song, Every Grain of Sand, it, it just shows that they're really trying to, like, make you feel something from the get-go. The, the shots, the scene, uh, the, the humbleness of the glass and the meal, the, the delicate ritual that you can almost see repeating every single day, up, and then him walking away into this beautiful, beautiful scenic temple of sorts, all to the, to the sounds of Bob Dylan, and a song that automatically brings out, like, nostalgia and 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 spiritual faith vibes like damn like it hit me immediately with that immediately and like it, it, three seconds later we have freaking engelbert humperdinck's lonely is a man without love like <laughs> that becomes a running gag as the episode even ends later on so uh, just on a music level alone my 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 fanboy just went up like 10 notches yeah, the, the Humperdinck song has been stuck in my head for the past three days. I've been trying to remember, and I didn't want to Google it. I kept. Try I wanted to ask you if you remembered. The song reminds me of it of its usage somewhere else in pop culture relatively recently. Do you, can you tell me what that was? Do you remember? No. It's driving me freaking crazy. Like it was a the almost a theatrical number, and I feel like it was done as 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 a very like sad, zombie esque. -ness. like almost like it was it maybe it was a zombie scene or something i don't know but it, a, a visual came to my head and i couldn't figure it out for the life of me and the song is you know like it's had so many different covers and versions i feel like it was hard for me to track it down and i didn't want to just google it and spend a year down the the, the spiral path of all that i was also a really big fan of how they did that wake me up before you go go song oh yeah i mean like yeah, that was definitely like whoever whoever this idea was to have this epic car chase, like epic. I love the, the what they did there to the songs of Wham, "Wake Me Up Before You Go Go." They need a raise. They they just they just deserve a raise. So please give it to them. Do whatever you got to do in order to make that a thing, because that was perfect, perfect. The music in this show so far is perfect. I love it all. What I love so far is that I feel like 85% of what we've seen in trailers came from this first episode. So I don't really even know what to expect from the next couple episodes. Neither do I, but I think that's the point. They were definitely holding a lot back and there's a lot of surprise ahead. I'm very excited. I mean, like, I, I, there's details I could talk about and we could talk about the cinematography and the, the aspects of reflection in all those shots. 
you know, just uh, the, the fun gag with the fish, like all these little details that came out that are just so, so fun to watch. And, and obviously Oscar's performance is just brilliant. Brilliant, I tell you. Um, he, he, talking to himself so much. How many of, of the scenes involved a one-sided conversation? A fuck ton of them. So many of them were just one-sided conversation. To the fish, to the, to the street performer, to his mom's answering machine, to whatever it was, he was constantly talking to himself. And then actually talking to himself when he was talking to Mark. You know, so like, holy fucking shit. There's, there's so much here that is going to be based on his amazing performance. And it, it's just, mm, I'm, I'm excited. I'm just excited. Ethan Hawke's character evokes mystery and intrigue. In fact, it even said like, all right, you have chaos in you. Let him go. Like there's something there. And he obviously, even he's surprised. It's just, it's interesting. Yeah, it's kind of interesting what they're doing with his villain character because the character he's based off of is like a one-off mad scientist in the comics and they're turning him into like a David Koresh kind of cult leader. Yeah, exactly. I think they just took a name from the comics and they're just completely like, let's just do whatever with this minor character. He's fucking cool though. And uh, the scales are kind of terrifying. I'm all the all the way they're doing the, the creatures, all the... The, the way they're doing like the energy of the horror from like subtle thriller, the way they're doing the scales and the, and the kind of the, you know, the, the judgment thing all the way to like the creatures in this thing all have this really amazing horror thriller vibe. What I think is kind of genius is the fact that like we keep missing all the violence because Steven's blacking out. And it makes it even more violent in our heads. Yeah. They're letting our imaginations run wild with it. Cause you know, as soon as like Moon Knight showed up, it's just like, Boom, 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 boom. And I think it's just like the way they're starting it out. I'm sure we're going to see more and more. Like just because they wanted to make that tension. The whole episode was about the goldfish factor, his his version of it. Also, just the choice to start out with like Steven instead of Mark, who's the main personality, I think is just a really interesting, fun choice. I think it's brilliant to do it that way because it brings the audience in and it makes it a funny, sad, pathetic joke. Because he is. He's a sad, pathetic joke. Even even the way like the the God and Mark talk like kind of refer to him as like he's the parasite, he's the idiot, he's the one that you don't want in charge. He's the he just throw the gun. I don't know what I'm doing. Leave us be, parasite. It's it's like shit like that. Like, nobody wants him around. So making him the the first thing the audience encounters like makes it this tragic, sad thing. We're figuring it out along with Stephen. Exactly. It's it's the perfect uh, a perfect ride with the audience. So I, I, that I thought was brilliant. Um, and I think it made it, makes the show even more interesting and accessible. Um, God, it's, there's just so much here. And I'm, I'm not well-versed in Moon Knight's lore. Um, I'm more versed in like basic Egyptian mythology than I am Moon Knight. But like, and that's not, you know, not a lot at the end of the day, but I definitely want, I want to know everything about it now. So like, they got me interested. I wonder what happened to the fish, though. Like, just wondering what happened to that fish that Mark had to replace it. Did he eat the fish? Did he spill the fish? The fish died, and he had to run up and get a new one. We get that. But, like, what happened to the fish? Speaking of someone who's owned a goldfish, he probably overfed the fish. Because it's not his fish. So he just kind of threw in however much, and he came back from his mission, and he was dead. dead. Yeah, that could be a thing. It's like... And and Stephen is so weak willed. You know, you can tell so immediately from the beginning, like the way he talks to his mom, and then the street brooms, you know, like seller guy. He's passive aggressive and he's ineffectual. You know, he's 
Then, of course, we have Blonde Karen. You have to make life even more miserable. And kudos to that fucking actress who just makes it so easy to hate her in those just under three lines. Like It's amazing how much you just want to kill her in the five seconds. Yeah, she's not nice. Question, though. So Mark obviously asked out that girl for Steven. What accent was he using? I don't know. I, I mean, I, I feel like he did that, like trying to throw Steven a bone because like Steven's just so pathetic. And he's like, all right, I'll help him out. I'll help him out. I feel like he may need something, you know, and then obviously it didn't work out. He's like, you're just dropping the ball, man. Just dropping the ball. And also, I feel like we're going to find out that Mark is the one writing those postcards because Steven can't have a mom. Yeah, no, I'm pretty sure that's exactly what's happening. I think he's just leaving messages as and so Mark knows what to do when he comes back. It's a nice trick to like get that information from your second other personality. Yeah, that's fascinating. Um, also, what, what museum is he working at? Not the one from Eternals. Okay, because I was going to say, like, would he be crossing paths with Cersei at some point in time? I don't think so. Okay, I mean, I know there's more than one museum in, in London, so. I've got a better question for you. Okay. How do you make sure a vegan stays vegan? You feed them a well-done steak. You want a courtesy laugh? You want a, you want a courtesy laugh? <laughs> that was the saddest steak ordering ever in anywhere, in any media whatsoever. Yeah, it was pretty crushing. Just just like uh, just like Donna telling him that he couldn't be a, a tour guide. Yeah, that fucking hurt. <laughs> it hurt him. It was even in canon how much it hurt him. So, so like, question, like, so he's reading at night and staying awake and reading Egyptian lore, right? That's what he's doing? Does he feel like he needs to stay awake or does he just want to stay awake to study? I'm not sure. I think he, maybe he's just compulsively trying to keep himself awake and he's not even sure why. He explained the leg restraints and the sand and all that. Just he, yeah, he didn't really explain why he was trying to stay awake, though. Yeah. Okay. So we just we don't know yet. Also, how many people are in on this weird uh, Egyptian cult thing? Because like that entire German town, and then everyone in the museum at that point. I feel like the entire crowd of the museum that day was just there for the for the let's fuck with Stephen convention. And what is the deal with that scarab? I have no idea. I mean, I'm curious. I mean, obviously the. The god wanted it, so like they put Mark on to get it, and he got it. But then, why would Stephen even wake up? Why did, did I guess Mark was injured so bad in the fall? Because we know there's a fall, and I'm sure we'll have flashbacks to it, and we'll maybe see things from Mark's perspective next. Yeah, him waking up with that jaw. Oh, yeah. ow! <laughs> he probably turned into Moon Knight like halfway through, and then like that's how he was able to heal and survive all that. But ow. <laughs> It looked so painful. It sounded painful as he healed himself. Ugh. I also really liked the Avatar joke that they uh, they snuck in. <laughs> yeah. Oh, then the movie. It was a good movie. Was like, oh, no, the anime. Oh, okay. No, not that either. <laughs> it's it's just so silly. I love it. Uh, do you know anything about this Layla character? I don't. I like you. I'm I'm not really big into Moon Knight. I mean, I think I think we're both going to be by the time the show's over. Obviously, but... um, I, I, I there was one person who I dated who she said her favorite Marvel character of all time was Moon Knight. Um, and I remember, you know, we were dating when it got announced that the show was going to be worked on, and she was super excited. And I had no idea why. Um, we didn't date for very long, otherwise I probably would have gotten more information about it. But like, he seems cool. I love the 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 personality disorder thing. Um, if I'm not in the way that they're presenting it and showing it, I feel like it's not in a mocking term. I feel a tone. I feel like it's done in a true, honest, dramatic reverence to it and understanding of it. It's fascinating. And I'm, I'm, I'm here for it. So I'm, 
really curious how this goes. So far, the all the cinematography, all the music, the directing, it, it, it's hit. It's hit all those points. It, the little character moments where the comedy hits, like just the woman driver, the truck driver with the middle finger, with that smile on her face, just, ah, uh, it's perfect. Yeah, it was pretty good. Yeah, so I know I'm not sitting here like nitpicking like I do other Star Trek things, but we're in Marvel talk now, so Joseph's happy. And when Joseph's happy, he just gushes for a while. I have nothing negative to say about this yet. No, me neither. Um, there was kind of a cool Easter egg, though, that I totally missed. When he's talking to that little girl at the beginning, there's a QR code in the background. And if you if you scan it, it takes you to, uh, like, it links you to um, the first, his first appearance in Werewolf by Night, and you can read it for free. Oh, wow. Okay. That's really fucking cool. Yeah, kind of neat. Yeah, that is really neat. Good work, Marvel people. Good work on that. I love little things like that. I just realized he was trying to feed sprinkles to a fish. Yeah, that's a that's a pretty good way to kill a fish. Yeah, I mean, should have. And the fish didn't eat it, but like the shot itself, as the fish swam there and the sprinkles just confettied around its body, was very very sad, making it just comedically, tragically sad, <laughs> which the show just seems to be you know, filled with in that type of humor. We're going to be making fun of Stephen a lot. I guarantee you, the memes are going to be on fire yeah no he's so pathetic but i actually love him no i do too i do too it's all going to be endearing like he's not a bad person he's just very weak and pathetic <laughs> yeah it's gonna it's gonna kind of be fun watching him be terrorized along the way i remember seeing ethan hawk as a little kid next to river phoenix in a movie called explorers from the 80s and that was the first time i ever saw him in a film and i've seen other movies with him in it since then i mean he's a good actor i enjoy him a lot um and just to see him now and see some of his mannerisms still kind of the same as it was in that one movie as a little kid. It's just, I think it's adorable. So thank you for playing Arthur Harris. Thank you for, uh, for being the representation of Amit. And we will, we will see how far you go into causing havoc and chaos here. I'm, I really am curious what his reactions are going to be to the rest of this story. Because yeah, again, the fact that he was like, let him go. I'm, I'm, I'm curious about why he made that reaction. Like, he knew he wanted to stick the dog on him and see what happened, or did he legitimately, legitimately want to kill him? I don't know. I, I, I think we'll find out. I, one thing I will say, though, is when he comes on over the speaker, like, before the jackal attack, that was the worst ADR ever. I don't think that was Ethan Hawke. It was definitely intended to be his character, but it didn't fucking sound like him. Uh, I don't think I've recognized that. I'll have to go and rewatch that and check that out. It might be, it might be a myth, like, try, the, the god he's, he's representing. Maybe. I don't know. It just didn't seem as uh, calm and measured as Arthur Harrow. And Ethan Hawke's voice is generally chill. But uh, yeah, no, successful first episode. I'm I'm pretty excited for the rest of this. I kind of was hoping that they would have, uh, you know, like done two episodes in a row for the first one. But okay. So we got six episodes of Moon Knight, five episodes left, right? Yes. Now, the rumor has it that I hear, and I haven't read too much into it because I don't usually like spoilers. So I don't want to research too much into these rumors. But that this is all going to be uh, like a, a possible how we get Doctor Doom to the party, how we get Latveria to the party. Really, I haven't I haven't heard anything about that. Yeah, I, I I was scrolling through and found a whole bunch of those articles, and I'm like, nope, not gonna look, not gonna look. And then some of my friends started sharing them back and forth in our group chats, and I'm like, okay, still not gonna look, but they're getting enough traction that people I know are sending things like that back and forth. So that's a theory. But <laughs> Mephisto was also a theory. For WandaVision, and then Loki, and then everything. 
I mean, Mephisto could be in this show. There's plenty of supernatural shit. Yeah, I'm sure Mephisto is really behind it all. Hey, Ethan Hawke could be playing Mephisto. Ethan, Mephisto could be another personality of Mark and Steven. Who knows? Anything is possible. It's Marvel. All right, so make sure to like, subscribe, and please tell your friends. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at InfinityCast, spelled Infinite A Cast. And you can email us at infinitycast at gmail.com. Until next time, I'm Jason. And I'm Joseph. And we'll see you guys next week.